Well, hi there, Heike Yitz here, and welcome to another episode of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. And welcome to any new listeners that may be joining the show today. Welcome. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and this is when I usually hand out my Guide to Breast Self-Examination cards that shows you step-by-step how you can self-examinate your breast even before you see your OBGYN. And I usually grab a bunch of those cards at her office, but we are in the midst of COVID. And so what I'll do, I'll take a picture and post it on Facebook and on my Instagram wall so you can check it out and start checking yourself for any abnormal growth in your own breasts. But when I go to my OBGYN, the first question after she says, well, how are you? Any changes? She said, did you get your annual breast exam? My answer every year is yes. And I hope that you take this checkup seriously and get it done and don't postpone it and postpone it. So today's topic is about breast cancer and your diet and what positive effects the right diet can have on reducing inflammation in your body, boost energy and well-being and strength while you're experiencing breast cancer or are recovering from breast cancer. And today's episode, before we dive in, is sponsored by the 4-Week Lean Out Program. The 4-Week Lean Out Program is a step-by-step system to help you lose body fat Gain energy and control your cravings with intermittent fasting, especially designed for women over 50. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to check out my program. So let's dive in. Hi there, you're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action, knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Let me start out by saying this that no single food group or diet can prevent or cause breast cancer. But the foods we choose every day can make a difference to the risk of developing breast cancer and our overall well-being while living with breast cancer or being in recovery of breast cancer. My story didn't start that I had breast cancer or my mom had breast cancer, but When I started teaching Pilates in 2000, it's a long time ago, Pilates was focusing on the correct body postures, improved weak posture, and improved a weak core. And all this blended together drew women that are breast cancer survivors. They came to the classes and still are seeking help and hope because many are released uh, after surgery and the surgeons say, well, here you go, you're done. I fixed you, here are your hormones, Uh, have a good day. But they never really talk about 
what to do next. What is the next step after you have a mastectomy? What's the next step when you're not feeling well? They don't talk about, and they as the doctors, they don't talk about the nutrition and the fitness aspect when it comes to breast cancer. And so as more women started coming to the Pilates classes that I taught, I thought I needed to really be educated in what exactly is happening when we go through breast surgery, when they take off our breasts, when they put implants in, what are some of the side effects? And so in 2004, I got certified as a pink ribbon breast cancer specialist teaching Pilates to breast cancer survivors. And that just impacted my life so much that I always want to reach out, especially in October, to remind you to do your mammograms. And I usually talk about Pilates and and how we can move the arms better, how we gain more strength and mobility in our shoulders, and um, how we can help to promote lymphatic drainage and overall well-being. But this year, I thought I'd talk about nutrition because that is also a huge factor in breast cancer recovery treatment aspect of it, a treatment aspect of it, but also how we nourish our body going forward. And today's episode is breast cancer and diet and what helps you stay strong. So let's dive in. What is breast cancer? You may say, Heike, this is such a silly question. Of course, I know what breast cancer is. You've seen about it. You talked with your OBGYN about it. But do you really know what breast cancer is and how it develops? Some people may not know, and they're too shy to ask, and they just nod their heads and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but they really don't know. And so I always have a step-by-step approach, and I believe that we always start with the basics and the baby steps and go from there. So what is breast cancer? Breast cancer develops in the breast tissue with cells that go crazy and grow out of control. Cancerous cells can form a malignant tumor that may be visible on x-rays. That's why we need the mammogram or as felt as a lump. That's why we do the self-examination, because you might find a a lymph node that is swollen before you get to the doctor a year later. So as as the cancer progresses, breast cancer can, can invade surrounding tissues and nearby lymph nodes or spread to other parts of the body. And this process is known as metastasis. Breast cancer is really much easier to detect than many other cancers and early detection and treatment improves the outcome. Usually, breast cancer starts in the ducts in the breast and lobes, which is the most common type of breast cancer. These are the glands that produce breast milk. One type of cancer is called sarcoma and it starts in the cells of the muscle fat or connective tissue. But there are others, less common types as well. Cancer is classified as invasive if the cancerous cells have spread into the surrounding tissues. Metastatic 
breast cancer has spread to other parts of the body. So this is, in essence, what is breast cancer in, in short, and I hope that makes sense to you. And now you can picture this in your head, how the cancer can start and spread and why early detection is super, super important. So then we dive into who is affected by breast cancer. Breast cancer is the second most prevalent cancer after skin cancer among women in the United States. So I keep saying this, and I keep saying this through the entire podcast, get a mammogram, go start self-checking, practice it. My OBGYN says, so have you felt any lymph, uh, lumps or bumps? And I'm like, I don't know. She says, keep checking, you will find or notice when there's something different because you know your breasts. So who is affected by breast cancer? About one in eight women in the US, that's about 12%, will will develop invasive breast cancer throughout her lifetime. That's a lot. In 2019, an estimated 270,000 New cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed. And we're now in 2020, so I don't have any super updated stats, but this is my latest findings. And along with 2,000, I'm sorry, 62,930 new cases of non-invasive breast cancer. So this is a lot of breast cancer cases that are popping up. About 2,670 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in men. Men can get breast cancer as well. While the statistics are not playing in our favor, but throughout my career, I have been so fortunate to be able or or find ways to help women deal with the struggles gain the sense of pride and control of their bodies and the flexibility of their bodies. Um, I never will give up fighting against breast cancer. What are the risk factors for developing breast cancer? According to the CDC, besides being a woman and getting older, other factors that influence the risk of developing breast cancer are genetics, race and ethnicity, family history, early menstrual periods, not being physical active, drinking alcohol, being overweight or obese after menopause, and starting menopause after age 55, among others. So let that sink in for a moment. Is there something that I just told you about that rings a bell? thinking of, oh, my mom had breast cancer, or my sister did, or do you think maybe because you're not exercising, you, you could start exercising and being physically more active, that might help, definitely will help. Or if you're overweight, and we all know we get the menopause belly, or many of us get the menopause belly, and we, we're gaining weight as we're, we're getting older. So is that something that you can do to reduce the risk of developing breast cancer? I know there is. We're moving into healthy eating strategies. And there is really no magic potion to prevent breast cancer from returning. 
But the National Cancer Institute has guidelines for cancer preventative suggestions of what we can do when it comes to our nutrition. And then they say that eating more fruits and vegetables is great, which is always amazing. We should eat foods that are rich in fiber, such as whole grains, beans, and legumes. Uh, drink lower fat milk and dairy products. Eat soybean-based products. Eat foods that are rich in vitamin D. Uh, add spices with anti-inflammatory properties. And stick more to a plant-based diet because they contain more antitoxins in your diet. So these are the general diet guidelines, but let's dive into more specifics. Fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. A study of almost 92,000 women found that following a mostly plant-based diet could cut the risk of developing breast cancer by 15%. Fruits, vegetables, and whole grains could contain phytochemicals and anti-estrogens that may prevent cancer. What are some of the foods that are awesome? Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, dark leafy greens, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, and I had some of those last night, are especially high in phytochemicals. Then we have fruits, especially berries and peaches, and tomatoes, yep, tomato is a fruit too, and they're high in lycopene. Men and women highly benefit from eating tomatoes just in general, but here we have our cancer-fighting foods. But plus, beans, pulses, fish, eggs, and some meat. The uh, United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, recommends between five to nine servings of fresh fruits and vegetables a day. Well, if you're not sure what a serving is, I want you to look at your hand right now. And I want you to make a fist. This represents one serving of vegetable. Open your hands and make a small cupped shape of your hand. This is one serving of berries. So, if you're not sure how to measure these portions, use your hand as nutrition precision nutrition coach. We use our hands to measure, so we don't need a, a, a weight or cups or anything. We just use our hands. So the fist is a vegetable, and a small cupped hand, or you're cupping your hand, is a small serving of fruit. So keep that in mind. Let's move into dietary fiber and antitoxins. Fruits vegetables, whole grains, and legumes provide fiber, but they also contain antitoxins, including beta-carotene and the vitamins C and E. Fiber supports the digestive system and helps you, well, eliminate your waste. And that also includes estrogen. It, this process helps the body eliminate toxins and limits the damage they can do. The way that fiber binds to estrogen in the gut may also help prevent the body from absorbing too much estrogen, and this may help reduce the risk of breast cancer as well. Now, whole, green, whole grains like whole wheat flour, 
bulgar, which is cracked wheat, oatmeal, uh, whole cornmeal, and brown rice are unprocessed food that are high in complex carbohydrates, fiber, minerals, vitamins, and you guessed it correctly, phytochemicals. There are two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. The insoluble fiber means they don't dissolve in water, namely whole wheat flour, wheat, wheat bran, nuts, beans, and vegetables such as cauliflower, green beans, and potatoes. So they don't dissolve in water. But the soluble fiber is like dried beans, oats, oat bran, rice bran, barley, citrus fruits, even apples, strawberries, peas, and potatoes are soluble fiber. So how much fiber should you get a day? 20 to 30 grams of f fiber from, from both camps, to say it, to word it this way. And now we're moving on to my favorite topic, which is good fats. If you know me a little bit, you know I love my avocado and I love my good and healthy fats. So dietary fats are important for the body to function, but we need to eat the right kind of fats for the body to also to work properly. It is recommended that we eat 250 to 500 milligrams combined of the EPA and the DHA, which are long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, each day for a healthy adult. These two together combined reduce inflammation and the risk of chronic disease such as heart disease as well. There are polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats, which are beneficial in moderation, such as olive oil, avocados, seeds, and nuts. Now, let me stop here for a moment and talk about portion size again, because the milligrams, you're not getting out of scale and milligramming stuff out. Think about with our dandy hand measure technique, take your thumb, look at your thumb, this is one slice of an avocado. So uh, you're not eating a whole avocado, you're just eating the size of a thumb. Or put neat, uh, seeds or nuts right along your thumb. This is how much a serving is adding on to our combined 250 to 500 milligrams. So this is a good way to measure how much that actually is. It's not as much as you think, but have your good healthy fats with every meal. Now, omega fats such as herring, salmon, tuna, sardines, and as I said earlier, nuts and seeds, but also flax seeds, chia seeds, walnuts. And then we have, like I said, olive oils, but we also have flax seeds, soybean, and canola oil. So there's a big variety of good healthy fats that you can add to any meal, like you're eating breakfast, you can always add some chia seeds or make a chia seed pudding or add walnuts to your salad or add flaxseed in your breakfast shake or just over the over a salad or take your salmon and add some add you cook it in olive oil bam there you have it and you add a little bit of a a vegetable on the side like you cruciferous vegetables and add some seeds on top so many good ideas to create healthy, nutritious, and beneficial meals for you guys. Soy. Soy is controversial at times, but 
Soy is a healthful food source that may help reduce the risk of breast cancer. It is plant-based, so it's rich in protein, healthy fats, vitamins, and minerals, but it's low in carbohydrates. And of course, it contains antitoxins known as isoflavonous. And where can you find soy? Tofu, of course, tempeh, edamame, those green vegetables, soy milk, or soy nuts. Soy is controversial because some people question whether soy might increase the risk of cancer because it contains isoflavonous, and I hope I pronounced this right, uh, which resembles estrogen. However, the author of a 2016 study notes, and I have a link in the show notes so you can look up that study, that estrogen is not the same as isoflavonous and that we're unlikely to have the same reactions. It behaves different. And the North American Menopause Society has concluded that the isoflavonous do not increase the risk of breast cancer. So I apologize for mispronouncing this, but that's, I think, what it sounds like to me. But let's move on to foods to limit foods we just don't want to have a lot of in our diet. And they may increase the risk of different kinds of cancers, and that includes breast cancer. Added sugar. Now, added sugar, I'm not even talking about taking a spoonful of sugar and put it over your strawberry. This is mostly what I like to refer to as the hidden sugars, and they are the corn sweeteners and the corn syrup the dextrose, the fructose, the glucose, the corn syrup, the honey, the lactose, the malt syrup, maltose, raw sugar, and sucrose. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Anything with O's, like in dextrose, sucrose, is added sugar. So read the fine print. And the fine print sometimes is so small that you need a magnifying glass to actually read that these sugars are added to your foods. Another food to limit is our saturated fats, and that's beef, lamb, organ meats, cheeses, and deli meats. Then, of course, processed, processed foods like baked goods, crackers, and, and margarine. So definitely limit those guys. And one recommendation is also alcohol. Dietary guidelines suggest that a woman should not consume more than one drink per day. Women diagnosed with breast cancer may want to consider avoiding alcohol. And that's by the breastcancer.org organization. And they report that alcohol may increase estrogen levels and cause damage to DNA. They also point out that women who drink three alcoholic beverages per week increase the risk to developing breast cancer by 15%. So think about your alcohol content, how much alcohol you drink, and what it does to your body and to your cancers. This is already an amazing list of nutritional cancer-finding strategies, but we are not stopping there. We're moving on to vitamin D. Vitamin D from sunlight. Go outside for 15 minutes a day and get your vitamin D or, and I would rather say, eat some eggs, cold water fish, I mentioned them earlier, 
and add products like milk that are fortified with vitamin D or a cereal. Green tea. Green tea also contains antitoxins and they may also help strengthen the immune system and reduce the risk of breast cancer. Turmeric is a yellow spice and it's something to get used to. It's a very unique taste, but it does have anti-inflammatory properties. And sometimes you hear about um, golden milk that also includes turmeric. Not my favorite, but I add it into the spices when I cook. Maintaining a healthy body weight. It is not only important in the fight against breast cancer, but for overall health. Obesity is a known risk factor for developing breast cancer. So get moving. And finally, exercise. The National Cancer Institute reports that women who exercise for four hours per week or longer have a lower risk of breast cancer. You can also check out my post on how I became a Pilates breast cancer coach for why I recommend Pilates for all breast cancer survivors and anybody dealing with breast cancer. So take a look at that post. So let's get into the practical tips on applying all the good knowledge we just learned. So here's some simple strategies how you can implement cancer-fighting foods into your day. Pre-cut your vegetables so that they're ready when you need them and that you don't think, ah, now I have to cut vegetables, I'm not feeling it. You can also buy them pre-cut in the grocery store, but cutting vegetables could always be a very de-stressing activity. Have tomatoes and avocados and sprouts on hand that you can add to a sandwich. If you've been following me, you know I have a sandwich on my whole grain bread pretty much every day. And we always, always have avocados on our sandwiches. And sometimes I buy sprouts because they're right now hard to find, but tomatoes for sure or other vegetables. Uh, an easy way to add cancer-fighting foods is add a handful of spinach or kale to your stews. In my four-week lean-out program, I have several recipes where we add kale and spinach into some of our stews. Don't even notice that they're there and it's so tasty and they thicken up the stew a little bit as well. Eat whole fruits and don't drink juice. Much better for your body. Think of also the fiber content in when you eat a whole fruit instead of drinking the juice that may not have that much fiber in it. Uh, mix up your protein. Make fish one day, chicken the next day, make a delicious lentil meal the next day. The sky's the limit, but change it up every day. Then what can you do with your food? You grill and bake it and remove skin from any poultry. It's so easy to do this and you can just put something in the oven, bake it, season it, bake it, done. Or throw it on the throw it on the barbie as I like to say. And we grilled some swordfish last night. Just easy, a little bit of olive oil on the grill, a little salt and pepper, done. With some Brussels sprouts was our meal literally last night at the day, at the time of this recording. Um, Create a veggie salad. Instead of just a leafy salad, create a veggie salad with all the cancer-fighting foods 
and drizzle some olive oil, lemon, and then a little bit of fresh herbs and maybe some seeds will create an awesome quick meal for you. But we're not stopping there. We're on a roll there, guys. Here's some action steps to fight cancer outside of your nutrition. It could be so fun to participate in a breast cancer walk, even if it's virtually. Right now, in the midst of COVID, there are no races out there and everybody's doing a virtual race. Sign up for one. Be part of the movement. Plus, there are so many tips and and strategies that make a difference in somebody's life that you can share from this post. Knowing somebody that has gone through breast cancer, is a survivor, or was just recently diagnosed, you can share all these posts I've created for you guys. So here's what I want you to do. And this is how I started. Make an appointment for a mammogram. Do your monthly self-exam. Use the cards that I will be posting. Eat an extra serving of fruit or vegetables every day. Drink a little bit less or make October, sober October, where you don't drink at all. Sign up for an exercise class. And and, uh, I put a link in the show notes as well for my new membership, Spark membership, where, where I teach exercises to women specifically over 50. So take a look or find a qualified Pilates teacher like me and solicit the help of getting in shape, feeling better, Uh, getting more mobility and overcoming or fighting breast cancer by getting stronger and healthier. If you're overweight, start with a healthy eating plan. And you could just start by the strategies I shared with you today. Adding more fruits and vegetables into your day and cutting out all the processed foods. That's already a great strategy to lose weight or join my four-week lean-out program, which will start in a few days after this episode airs, so it's not too late. And finally, you can reduce your portion sizes if you're overweight. Just eating a little bit less will make a big difference. So there you have it. With just a few action steps and better nutrition and fitness strategies, you can fight cancer and live healthier, more energized, and stronger. If you listen to this episode, I'd like you to comment. Reach out to me at Heike Yates on Instagram or on Facebook at Heike Yates. Pursue your spark and let me know if this episode helped you find new strategies against the fight against breast cancer. Share this episode with somebody that you know might benefit from these strategies. And with that, my friends, I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.